0: Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Schaefer, along with Mark Middleton, and this is Growing Bolder. And, you know, one of the things all of us deal with in our lives is a bit of suffering. You cannot avoid it. It happens to everybody. But do we have the power to transform that suffering into happiness? That's not only a key to life. That's one of the basic tenets of Buddhism. And our next guest says it is very, very true. Yeah, he's a
1: psychotherapist whose new book is called Misleading mind, how we create our own problems, and how Buddhist psychology can help us solve them. Let's find out how as we welcome Karuna Keaton. Hey, Karuna, how are you? Good
2: morning. Nice to be here.
1: Uh, well, we're really interested and anxious for this conversation. Uh, I do know that Buddhism teaches us to not only not run from our problems, but to actually embrace them. In fact, I've read that the the Dalai Lama himself claims to enjoy his problems. Is that true? <laughs>
2: Well, I think that's true, because the, uh, he understands that it's through engaging with the problems that uh, we really actually are able to become uh, happier and healthier, and, and that's the idea behind this uh, book around Buddhist psychology, is that uh, a healthy mind is, is a happy person.
1: So yeah, you that's... know, there are some who say what we focus on, you know, it grows. Uh, uh, so doesn't enjoying our problems create more of them?
2: <laughs> well, you know, we're going to have problems whether we like it or not. And so the the, the approach in, this, uh, in this, this approach is really about creating a different relationship with problems because they're going to arise anyway, and they don't go away by ignoring them and they don't go away by fighting with them. They go away by really understanding them and engaging with them and then, you know, really getting the upper hand. Right now, we would say that our mind controls us, and if we can get to the point where we can control the mind and the disturbing emotions that arise therein then then we have the upper hand and that's where happiness really comes from
0: but well, we also get confused where we think the situation controls the mind when when actually you say it's more the other way around where your mind controls your own situations
2: uh yeah it's it's uh again it's is about control do we really have control over the emotions and, and uh, thoughts and feelings that arise. Mostly we're in reaction. We react to different um, feelings and emotions that arise and not not in control of them. So it's like being reactive rather than proactive.
1: Well, certainly the power of our thoughts to create both good and bad is not a concept that's unique to Buddhism. Uh, I think we all agree that our thoughts are very, very important in, in in crafting our reality, but but what is a step? You know, give give us something we can do to begin to get control of our thoughts.
2: Well, yeah, the um, well, first, you know, if like I mentioned in the book, it's really the very first step is to realize that we can take a step and that we can live a life that's more intentional and less in reaction. So the first thing is to begin to understand that thoughts and emotions arise and that we really have a choice how to relate to them rather than just being in reaction to them. The problem for us is that we don't have much clarity in the mind, so we don't have much control of it. So we really need to get the mind quieter and in more more focus. That's what all those meditation techniques that we hear and read about really all they're about. It's just like going to the gym and working out and getting the body trained. All those techniques should just are, are means of training the mind so it's more focused so we can be more intentional and less I'm more aware of the thoughts and feelings that are arising and that we have a choice whether to react to them or have some input on them and have some choice and and, and almost withdraw from them. There are a lot of things we can do, but... We can't do anything if we don't have any awareness.
0: Yeah, And I think to this point, there isn't a person listening to this that doesn't agree with you. I think we all understand our limitations and, and that we, we do have issues and, and we have to change the way we react to things. But, man, it is a process. You say it's like working out. You can get on that treadmill. You could be on there for a couple of months and still have that belly in front of you. I mean, I'm an example <laughs> of that. How long and difficult is this process? What do you see when people come to you and say, I need help? How long does it take to Well.
2: Yeah, you know, well, first of all, people always ask that. And it's really, uh, we have to kind of eliminate that question almost to the point where it's not about, I don't always say, it's not about how long does it take. It's more about are you making just some progress today? And, I mean, life is going to happen, and we can't, you know, really this is a process about becoming happier and healthier day by day and not about, oh, have I reached the goal? I don't know, the Dalai Lama, who, who still says that he's, just a simple monk, and he's still practicing and trying things out. So that, to me, is an indication that we should be much more satisfied and content and slow down a little bit. You know, us and, uh, as Americans, you know, we're pretty, we expect quick fixes, and we want everything to be quick. And, and what about just improving day by day, little bit by little bit? That's what we were looking for, really.
1: Well, folks, we're speaking with Karuna Katon, a, a psychotherapist who has written a, a new book called Misleading Mind. And and Karuna, you didn't just write this book from internet research. You, you you actually spent 12 years in Nepal with both Buddhist masters and Tibetan refugees. What did you learn from that experience?
2: Probably the most powerful thing is that there's different ways to look at reality. There's there's not a fix. I mean, I was young when I went, I was 20, 21 when I went there and you know, we, we really hold things as, you know, existing the way they appear to us as a young person growing up on the West Coast or whatever you want to say. And it was really fascinating to be with people who see the world differently, who see things differently, see their own their own uh, mental functioning differently, just a whole different paradigm. And I realized that their paradigm is is as valid as mine, and I should look at it. And, you know, where there's benefit, I'll, I'm going to be uh, open to um, taking from what's beneficial and leaving behind what's not beneficial within our culture and my social programming, you could say.
0: How much does that change? You're kind of a personal question, but boy, with all the research you did, spending all that time with the Buddhist masters and the Tibetan refugees, do you still like rock and roll? Do you still like action-adventure movies? I mean, are you the same, <laughs> are you the same, you're the same person, right? Or you just deal with... Yeah, one of my
2: favorite movies back then was, I remember... It was, the Terminator showed up in Kathmandu <laughs> I watched like three times. you know you do, but some things change, you know I mean, that's obviously something you know what what changes is you know we're aware of more what what makes the mind happy and what doesn't make the mind happy. So you know, I don't do certain things that I used to do, obviously that I, you know for me now they're just not maybe then they improve me or maybe feel a little happier, but now I look at them that they didn't, they're not really means to being happy and content, but it all comes down to um, a mental, it's really around the mental state, really. So if something helps your mental state, then fine. And I'm not, I'm not Tibetan or Nepalese, I, you know, I enjoy, I love golf and things like that, but, but I would say that, uh, you know, an overall philosophy, we do have to bring into our, uh, into account, you know, what makes us happy and what doesn't make us happy and then take control of that and, and really own it, I would
1: say. And you believe that anybody out there that's listening right now has the ability to to get control? Is this something that we can all accomplish?
2: I think that's one of the beauties and qualities of having a human mind. Yes, I do. You know, I mean, of course, we could we could say if someone has some severe biological damage or you know or or handicap, but I'm talking about the majority of people. We can always improve and become better and better, definitely.
1: Well, we love the message. Anything that, that, that makes people understand that they can make themselves happier, that they can transform themselves, uh, that is the message uh, of the book. It's called Misleading Mind. It's written by Karuna Katon, and you can find out more by visiting his website at the Karuna Group. That's K-A-R-U-N-A group dot com.